So just a short and sweet banter for this episode today, guys. They don't care. They fast forward through this part anyway. <laughs> My name's Quincy. My name's Kevin. And this is Sentimental Men. But keep your thumb away from that skip button. We're here to talk. And maybe scream. About our favorite women in musical theater. Oh, we actually don't have that much time. Kevin, I would love for you to introduce this guest just because I feel like you have like, I don't know, there's been a very special energy uh, that you've been giving off towards this. I, I'm going to take you back to 1996. Quincy wasn't alive Ooh. and I was five. There was a show on television called Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Now, you might be thinking about the sexy Riverdale Sabrina the Teenage Witch. You are incorrect. On that show, the token mean girl was, of course, my favorite, because, of course, as a young gay, even, I was like, she's funny, she's catty, she's brunette, I'm going to be into this one. That's all I'm going to give for introduction. Today, we're talking to Jenna Lee Green, which, as Quincy said, I have been so excited about because I have really gone on a journey, a witch journey with her. Yeah, I feel like you're thinking that I didn't watch Sabrina the Teenage Witch. I definitely did. I'm sure I was watching it, like, reruns. But I definitely watched it as a child. It was 1996 to 1999. Yeah, I wasn't watching like you, the new weekly episodes, but I was. Wa- I feel like I've watched a majority of the episodes just because it was probably on ABC Family when I was a kid, I think. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to imply that you've never taken in the culture. <laughs> but she also was an icon in the angsty Spring Awakening teenage community because she was in the LA workshop and production of Bear, which was the like cult show that you were into when you were like an angsty high school drama kid, like at my age. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm especially being a young gay too. Wow. She also did the short-lived. Wasn't there a short-lived off-Broadway production of Bear? There was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and she did that, and she's on the cast recording. She is on the cast recording. Yeah. When we were talking about this Wicked Witch of the East episode, we were like, we have to have Jenna Lee Green because she's one of the only who has the insight to offer having both played Nessaros and Alpha. Yeah, she has the range, honey. She has the range. She has the range. But also, I feel like most Nessaroses. I don't know if most Nessaroses could do Alpha or most Alpha could do Nessaros. Mmm, like a square and a rectangle. I think I think the way it goes is most alphabets could do Nessaros, I think. Oh yeah, easy. Um and since I mean she like I was looking at her IMDB earlier the in the week and she's like busy. Her and Emma mm. Hutton, busy. TV. Her and Emma Hutton. TV, TV, TV. She is on all these good shows. So I'm so excited. This Me is too. gonna be great. It's gonna be great. Um before we get into Wait, it. Wait, I have a good story. Do I have time oh, for a story? Yeah, yeah I have time. Wait, so okay, so I have a fun connection to Sabrina the Teenage Witch. The um, like establishing shot for Sabrina's house was the house next to um, a house that my mom worked in when I was uh, that age. Um, and so uh-huh. like there was a different, you know, there was like one where it was raining, one where it was snowing, one where it was nighttime. Um, and in one of them, I think it was one where it was like raining, you could see my mom's car pulling out of the driveway next to Sabrina's house. And so anytime, anytime it was like raining on the show, it'd be like, ooh, it's mom. Is she getting royalties for that? I doubt it. (laughs) 
Can I give you a little stock on SJB? Yes, please. I have an exciting one today, Quincy. For context, Kevin hyped this up a little bit in text. He wouldn't tell me what it was about, but he told me to get ready. Well, okay, so I couldn't tell you what it was about because today for Stuck on SJB, we're going to do Choose Your Own Adventure. Oh! Waitress style. I'm going to need you to pick door number one, door number two, or door number three. Um, I'm going to do door number three in waitress fashion. <laughs> I knew you were going to, and that's why I put it third on the list. Because um, oh it's a really good one. Okay, so this is a video of Stephanie J. Block uh, in 2004 singing Never Neverland, Fly Away. So this video is from like kind of the start of her career. Like she was in The Boy From Oz at this point so that she was like new, shiny new thing in the New York scene. Paired with Scott Allen, also like shiny new in the New York scene. And mm-hmm. there's this really great story in the uh, description of the video about how she was going to sing this song at the Joe's Pub concert, but she sang a different song and he was like crushed and he didn't know that she was going to like sing this as an encore. So then this song closed the show and that like it like launched his career. So I got a little misty when I was watching this because it really made me miss like going to things because like when she gets <laughs> up, when she like gets up to sing the song, like somebody in the audience is like, yes, Steph, get it. And I'm like, I miss like oh. that goofy you're like that would have been me yeah like that would have been us in the back um so it's just like great um the song is it goes without saying that she sounds impeccable on the song we all know it yeah but i just love this like moment in history where it was like the start of her journey the start of his journey she sounds incredible what i love about it is that it's kind of like her own little song about flying, like based in the reality of like a story we all know. So like, so like pre-Wicked, it was like nice for her to have this, you know what I mean? To do at concerts. If that's, I actually don't think I've seen that video. If it's from 2004, I don't. It's like the very first time I think this song was done in public and it's very different than the, well, not very different, but it's a little like gospelier than like the version we're used to now. Oh. You know what version of that song I'm used to is the Carrie Ellis one. Carrie Ellis, yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, because Steph has the one on Scott's CD, and then I think she has a different version on her CD. But then, oh, that's Carrie right. Carrie right, does yeah. it on like a different Scott CD, <laughs> and Stephanie also does "Watch Me Soar" on a, on a different, different Scott yeah. CD. <laughs> but. I think what's what's a fun little like button to this story is that in this description of the video that I was reading, um, Scott Allen credits this performance of Stephanie J. Block and the previous performance of uh, Home by Shoshana Bean um, as like the launching pad of his career. I mean, Scott Allen loves a belting woman. I will say that. Loves. What does Casey Levy sing on a Scott Allen song? Oh, she sings... I don't remember. Kiss the Air? Kiss the Air. Kiss the Air. air. I love that this turned into Scott Allen Corner. (laughs) (laughs) Jenna Lee Green. Hello. Hello. Welcome to Sentimental Men. Oh, I love the title. Thank you. Obviously, (laughs) I know what that's in reference to. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so when we were planning out like who we wanted for each episode, we were like, we have to have Jenna Lee Green for the Wicked Witch of the East episode because (laughs) you are in the very unique position to have played both Alphabet and I feel like there's a a couple of us, I think. 
We were saying, because we know like Eden did it and Shoshana. You know, things changed a lot. Like they don't do things the same way. Uh, honestly, after me, they kind of didn't do things the same way. Because we didn't have a standby the first year on tour, that's why I did um, mm-hmm. Nessa Rose and then covered Alphabet. Because they were like, oh, we don't need to have a standby. Let's try this out. And then they were like, mm. Yeah. Maybe not a good idea. But originally, there used to be, for us on tour, there were two Alphabet covers. So one of them was Pink Beret. In our, on the tour, First National originally, Pink Beret was Emily Rosick, who was our fantastic Glinda cover. Oh, Pink Beret. Glinda. Oh. Um, okay. And Pink, Pink Beret, and I think, what was. No, Katie had a hat, so I can't remember. But ours were the horns. Mm-hmm. Yep. Maria and um and me. Okay. That's right. Okay, I want to dive into the tour stuff, but before yeah. we get into that, we start every episode by asking, when did Wicked the musical enter your life? So not necessarily as a performer, but what is your first touch point with the musical? So I first moved to New York in January of 2004 to do a show called Bear, which I had done in Los Angeles. Oh, we know Bear. Okay. I love how you just introduced that as if we wouldn't know what it was, Jenna. So uh, I I moved to New York to do that. And so I'm trying to think, it was Wicked, that was Wicked's first year on Broadway. So Wicked was like the big thing. The big thing. Yeah, so you had been like hearing about it. Oh, sure. I think I even went to their Tony party and then it was like a weird thing because everybody thought that they would and maybe should have won. Yeah. Um, but wow. I remember Michael Arden and I wow. were together at the at the, par- the party. Oh my god. <laughs> we still had a great time. Like our, we were two kids in New York City, like yeah. just being like, oh, we're at a Tony party. This is amazing. Yeah. Um, so when I'm trying to think, I want to say that the first time I actually saw the show was when oh I didn't have time. I mean I moved to New York and immediately went into rehearsals in an eight show a week schedule. Oh, that's right. You're so there was right. no real way for me. I, I probably could have seen the show because we had this strange layoff after Bear closed off Broadway, you know, so quickly. The only reason it closed was because we were supposed to make this big transfer to a bigger. We were supposed to go to New World, right? Yeah, to we were, well, it was Dodger Stages, was what it was called at the time. And we were going to be kind of the inaugural show there. And right. um, then. All everything happened with them and they kind of lost a backer and they went dark for a while. So our show was pretty much the casualty. They, yeah. It took them a little while to get back on their feet. And of course, now they have so many shows since then, but Bear was the casualty. So in the interim, we were kind of on hold. So I was just kind of young and playing around in New York City for the summer. And so I don't think I ever saw the show, but it was new. So I knew I was going to and I'd of course, already mm-hmm, yeah. memorized the soundtrack. Um, and then I went to see the show when I was auditioning for it. And all of my auditions were for Alphaba. Mm-hmm. So many people came and saw Bear because it had this... It was such a moment. Yeah, it had this momentum and a lot of people were coming. So, But I know that Stephen Remus had seen it a few times. So I'm sure that that helped in so much as all of a sudden the news becomes clear that Bear is not going to reopen. And then you've got this insanely, everyone in the cast, this insanely talented young cast of people who are all suddenly free. So, uh, you know, everyone started auditioning for things. Me, I was kind of terrified because I had moved to New York to do Bear. 
So mm-hmm. I'm like, oh my God, I've just moved my entire life to New York to do this show that opened and closed in what felt like a heartbeat. And at that point, it must feel like it's your everything. Oh, sure. I mean, I had spent years of my life already at that point working on Bear, Mm -hmm. creating it from almost day one. But anyways, you figure out what to do. And now I have a lease and I'm living in New York. So you just start auditioning. And Wicked was honestly one of the first auditions I had. Was it on your radar as a role you wanted to play at that point? Sure. But here's the thing, and I'm not saying this to be self-deprecating in any way. I always, I've always sung. I I will not not call myself a singer. Mm -hmm. But I've always- You're a capital (laughs) singer though. Thank you. But I've I've (laughs) always, always considered myself an actress who can sing. There are- are voices in New York that sing circles around me. But what I've always prided myself on is I, I will tell you a story. And, and then if you like the way I sound with that, great. I love that. So I, I definitely was like, oh my God, Alphaba. But I kind of had this gusto, I guess you could say, that like, you know, now I go on auditions and I'm shaking and I'm nervous and I have this stage fright that developed, which then I didn't really have. I just was like, great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I loved singing the songs and doing, you know, all of these, all of these. And the packet was pretty thick. I mean, it was a lot of material, but the only song in the alphabet packet that is the full song is I'm Not That Girl, yeah. which says so so much to me. I'm Not That Girl is such a small, and if you can draw them in, and get mm-hmm. everyone's attention and have them just be so enthralled and invested, invested in what it is that you're saying yeah. with such a simple song. I love that that is the only full song in the packet. So I, I went in and it went well and I knew I had a callback. And Did you know you were going in for the tour or was it just a no, kind of general No, I knew it was audition. for the tour. I knew it was. Mm-hmm. And honestly, at that point, I, I kind of touring wasn't something that I thought I wanted to do because, you know, I had this strong television background and then I had, you know, been working on, on bear, but in Los Angeles, that's just kind of like a a fun thing to do. You're certainly not making any money doing it. Right. Not that we (laughs) made any money off Broadway, (laughs) but you know, I was still doing regular guest spots and television gigs. So the thought of just literally being on the road for a year and not being in Los Angeles or New York was somewhat daunting, but it was wicked. It was the biggest thing. And, and when you're a kid and you dream of being in a Broadway show, like that's the pinnacle, that's it. And was it tour lead tour cover? Like, was that specific when you were auditioning? No, it was, it, the, the initial auditions were for for Alphaba herself, not, not, not to cover for just lead. for Alphaba. And I, you know, in my mind, I was like, well, I'm not very tall. And I, I imagined her being <laughs> so much taller and, you know, I looked so, I, you know, looked really young. And I'm like, well, she's supposed to be, you know, I just, I, all these things I was like, I don't know, but this is so exciting. So I, my roommate at the time was, well, he, now he's a, a manager, an amazing, fantastic manager. But at the time he was a casting director, Jeff Soffer. And so he kind of coached me and we worked on this material like over and over and over and just like really got into it. So I went, you know, went in and I auditioned and I had a callback. I want to say I had a couple of callbacks. There's definitely a mm-hmm. few callbacks. 
And then everything was just so strange and quick. We got a call saying that they were pretty sure they knew what they were going to do with the role of Alphaba, but okay. uh, they wanted to know if I might consider coming back in for them for the role of Nessa. And what was the initial thought when that news was given? Here's the thing. I wasn't at all. I was loving the experience, but I don't think I ever had that moment where I was like, I'm going to get Alphaba. I'm going to get that role. Like, I just kept thinking, oh my gosh, okay. I have another callback. Wow. Okay, cool. You know, I, <laughs> I was just like, oh my gosh, okay. Yeah, let's go back again. And I was loving, you know, getting to listen to the things that Joe Mantello had to say and Stephen Schwartz had to say and getting direction from them and all of that. So I was just enjoying the whole experience. I don't think I ever was like, I'm going to get this part. But I was just going with the flow. So when they gotcha. said that, the obvious answer kind of was just yes. Like I was that at that point, I was invested in the process and I was invested in the project. Mm -hmm. And I thought that Nessa mm -hmm. was at, at this point. I had seen the show. I was like, sure. And I loved, like I said before, that it was this beautiful acting role. Who had to sing for sure, but I, I don't know. I just was immediately said yes, and then I went in and a day later. I think it was real quick. And um, mm -hmm. they gave me the governor's mansion scene and her, her small mm -hmm. bit of a song. And all I remember is going in and they put a chair in the middle of the room. And so I sat in the chair and I did the scene. And like, I mean, it's so quick. It's, you know, the scene's what? A, couple, a minute or too long? It's, it's, it's not that sure. long, the yes, scene. Yeah. So I was like, okay. Yeah, I'm like, got, I feel yeah, really good about it. that. All right, great. And then, I mean, it was it was pretty quick. I within an hour or two, I think. And then we go to tour, and we open the tour. What is it like to originate a role on tour? Because I I've always wondered because it's like yes, the roles have been done, but then I always feel like the talk of the people who open the tours is like it is like a new opportunity to kind of set things fresh and do things a little bit differently. So, can you speak to any of that? We you weren't pulling people from lots of different companies who had done it before, who who all had their you know we were all learning together. So it was almost oh, as if sure. we were <laughs> truly creating the show all over again, in you know in our own bubble because we weren't we weren't there when it was being done in New York or in San Francisco, and we weren't put into that show. So, you know, very rarely do you get the chance to originate something, whereas you're not just quickly being put into an, an existing company. So we all, you know, but there were, there were slight differences everywhere. There were, there were tiny differences in staging. There were tiny differences in costumes. There was, you know, I think we had two or three less people than the Broadway company. So slight things were changed there. Yeah. Okay, so we have a DM from a listener who told us that you actually did the first preview of the tour. Is that true? What he's referring to is, yeah. um, I don't know how many people know or, or don't know or whatever, but um, we had an injury. Stephanie was injured um, mm -hmm. by um, uh, uh, something that was that was going to be in the show that that never they cut it immediately. It never ended up happening. So, did you ever see that like flying effect in rehearsal or anything? The wires? I did it. You did, you it. did it. I did it right before Stephanie did it. Can you talk about what it was like? She, we actually, we've been, do it, we've been doing it for a while. Stephanie did it a few times. And then myself and Maria, who was the other cover, we did it as well. And then Stephanie was just doing it again when it happened. And what was it? So basically in, in the Broadway company, in the Broadway production, 
and no good deed she rises from from below the stage. So the original design for the top of that number was Alphaba um, flew in from the wings. And it wasn't like uh-huh. she's flying. It was just kind of she, I'm trying to show my hand here. She, it was, <laughs> uh, she was up in at stage right wings and uh-huh. she just kind of feels and comes like to Mary the middle. Like Mary Poppins Kind of, yeah. She just, <laughs> the, the wires were, you know, you wore a harness and it was two wires from the back okay. and you just kind uh-huh. of slowly came in, got to the book and it was staged where the monkeys kind of danced around her a little bit and unhooked the wires. So it was a very simple effect. Did you have a broom? No, no, no She broom. was just levitating. I love that. <laughs> it's so hard to remember because it was literally cut before we started the show. But Right, right, right. Yeah. But no, she didn't have the broom. No, because That's... she doesn't have it for she doesn't have it for the number. No. There was just a malfunction and I mean it was a, a completely freak thing, but we had to cancel the first preview, I believe, and they actually flew Christy Cates from New York, who was the on stage understudy. Right, right. They yeah. flew her to Toronto because at this point we're trying to open a show. We, the understudies hadn't been rehearsed. There wasn't anything to be done. So they, they brought Christy from New York and she was so amazing. She literally with probably an hour's notice got on a plane, came to Toronto and she did the first week. So they kind of, I think pushed the opening night a little bit. And then, um, a, a couple of hours before opening night performance, I got a call from our company manager and she was like, hi, Jenna, I just want to, you know, say, I hope you have a great opening night, you know, have so much fun out there tonight. This is a Tuesday, I believe. She said, mm-hmm. FYI, I just want to let you know that you're going to go on as Alphabot on Friday. She started with, hope you have a great opening night tonight. She wanted to like, wish, you know, give me, give me the congratulations and not just start the conversation with hi. So we have some news. Um, and you hadn't rehearsed at all prior to this. Not like you hadn't had a, a put in second. Or anything. No, I had never even sang. I hadn't sang a song since the since the auditions. Wait, how did you do that then? No <sighs> idea. I kind of was in shock. I was like, "Are you guys sure?" Like, wait, I haven't rehearsed, and they're like, "We know, but an executive decision has been made. This is what's going to happen. We can't keep Christy here. We've got to send her back." To New York because she because Christy and uh, Stephanie was doing um, you know she was slowly working back up to full steam ahead and so they kept Christy mm-hmm. for half the week so they would do four and four. I I was on stage with anyone once for a put in the day before and I sang uh, through the score in a rehearsal room and they brought <laughs> they brought Kendra in and Derek in for like twenty minutes. So that I could at least sing. But like orchestra, never? Never. Oh my God, Jenna. I had the very first no-fly show. So on my first performance, <gasps> the levitator did Your first performance? first performance. So that day that they were like, you're going on, you haven't mm-hmm. rehearsed, that was your no-fly show? Uh-huh. Wait, this is horrible. So I thought, oh of God. course, I thought I had done something wrong. Because it's very complicated. You gotta, you've got all this stuff in a bag and a broom and a kit yeah. and a this and a that. And you got to run into it. And if anything is blocking it for safety measures, if it doesn't close completely around you, it won't move. So it moved right. forward, but it never went up. And I th- but was there a protocol at this point? Because now yep. there's a plan B. No protocol. One by sure, one sure, at sure. the end of the show when cast members realized that I was still just standing there on the ground singing for Jesus. One by one, everyone <laughs> just started lowering their bodies to the ground and like laying <laughs> on the ground with their hands up in the air. 
so you are the protocol. Like you are the reason why the plan B is the plan B mm-hmm. because that's what they do now. Yeah, they open know? it up and she runs out to the foot of the stage and they change the lighting and make it look like she's just floating kind sure. of. Yeah, but and they never, lies down. it never even occurred. They, they, there was no thought that it wouldn't work. It had, it had never not worked before. Have you gone to therapy for this? I feel like this is so traumatic. <laughs> so I, maybe that's what he's referring to. I had the very first no fly maybe show, that... but I didn't go on the first preview. But I did go on with no rehearsal, pretty much no rehearsal. And I and I started. Um, I had a false start on the Wizard and I because I'd never heard the orchestra, and I was so nervous. There were definitely like line flubs. There were lyric flubs. I was just trying to get. I was going to say, how did the performance go? I don't even remember. Besides the no fly. I mean, all considering, <laughs> I'd like to think they thought I did a really kick ass job, but. Who can hold you accountable for anything? <laughs> right. For a good amount of time, I kind of did like four shows a week. And then it, as Stephanie got yeah. stronger and stronger and was like back to her kick ass self, <laughs> wardrobe wise and, and, um, the way that it made the most sense, we would kind of do weekends. So if I had one weekend, the other girl would have to do the other weekend once we started rotating. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a crazy, crazy, crazy experience. It's probably why I've never toured since because nothing's going to top that. But also like an abnormal, I feel like, touring experience. Yeah. Like you really jumped in two feet. <laughs> so I have a question that we ask every guest, um, and it's usually a one-part question, but I think for you it's going to be a, a two-part okay. question. Um, so we, Quincy and I believe that every alphaba is most at home in one of the three big numbers. Mm-hmm. And my second part of the question is, do you think that your being drawn to I'm not that girl is tied to like this kind of Nesro's energy that you maybe gave off that would, they were like, oh, maybe that plug in can work. Possibly because I, you know, I remember in when I was auditioning for the show, Joe uh, Mantello, the most notes I actually got were on I'm Not That Girl. He he broke me down a little bit because I think that there is something about me that sometimes can be a little, I'm just a little pulled together. And uh-huh. um, there's an awkwardness to Elphaba that is just- Clunky. Yeah, she's, it's like she needs to be vulnerable, but she's not, Gosh, I wish I could remember. It's probably going to, the word's going to pop into my head in like 10 minutes, but. Um, we'll take it. <laughs> uh, and then I'll, I'll be like emailing, it's this word. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but um, so I think that he probably saw pieces mm-hmm. of Nessa, but as far as, I'm so long winded. Yeah, to satisfy the to game, satisfy let's the go game, to the big I'll three. be honest <laughs> with you, the song, even though I was dying, and sometimes I was like, how am I going to get through this? I just don't know. The song that I had the most fun doing, No Good Deed. Okay. It's a really crazy song. And there's so many words and there's gibberish words mm-hmm. and there's, you know, all of this stuff. But, oh God, I love just like being in it, in it, in it. And then you, and then you get there and it's so soft and so sweet. And these, this moment in the center of it where you're, she's calling for everyone mm-hmm. and then boom. I, nothing gave me that, the rush, like that one. Got it. So after you had been doing the, doing Nessa for a while and you went, Mm -hmm. so we did tour, we did Broadway and then we did LA, right? Back to back. (laughs) Um, Tour to Broadway. 
were you like on the Nessa train or was there ever like, oh, maybe I want to do Alphaba. Maybe I want to stand by for Alphaba. Well, you know what? Let's let's just lay it on the line here. There's no like, no, I'd rather do yeah. this. It was, you, you take what they offer you. Okay. Um, I never played Alphaba again. They, 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 you know, it, it didn't, they changed the way things were. Mm-hmm. They never mm-hmm. had a, ne- a Nessa that was the Alphaba cover again. The tour got a standby. Bef- I mean, probably a, a, a few months before I left the tour, I had gotten the offer to, to go into the New York company. So oh. I knew I was, I knew I was gonna, I, I only had three days off. My God. A couple of cities before before I closed, Stephanie and I finished on the same day in um, Philly mm. mm-hmm. and um, or Pittsburgh. Sorry, Pittsburgh. I went into New York to look at a couple apartments because I knew that off. I, you know, I we we had our final show on a, I guess a Sunday matinee. Sunday. Yeah, Sunday matinee. Yeah. Had a cast party. Had, you know, had a good had a goodbye party, mm-hmm. and then I was on a plane to back to New York the next day. Oh and um, I want to say Wednesday, I did a follow in the, in the New York company. I followed her yeah. backstage mm-hmm. and uh, I think I had a rehearsal in the daytime because there were differences in the show. Had a re- uh-huh. one, one rehearsal in the daytime, followed her backstage through the show. And then I was on the next day. Oh so it was, super fast. I didn't have a a vacation or anything. And how was it? Because we talked to Alphabets who have gotten contract right into another contract and they are always like, I wish I took time between the two. Like, I wish I didn't jump right into it. Well, for me, it was just that that's when they needed an SS. So if I didn't, if I didn't accept the offer, then Mm -hmm. I would just have to wait, you know, Mm -hmm. and, you know, contracts were nine months to a year. So yeah. it was like, go back to New York and don't have a job or go back to New York and do and Wicked on job, Broadway. Right. <laughs> so I did. And then again, the same thing happened uh, when they were building the Los Angeles company. Of course, I'm sure that they knew I was from LA. I'm yeah. sure they knew that that would be something I would be interested in. Yes. Mm-hmm. Got it. Um, so I, I... I'm sure my energy made it clear that I really wanted to do it, but I kind of, and what's funny is I can't remember who it was, but I remember being out somewhere. So it was either after a show one night and we went for, you know, food or drink or something. And I ran into someone like at Ariba Ariba or something. (laughs) And then being like, so LA, huh? And I was like, what do you know? Really? You're you're telling me. But I feel like it was someone that, I knew would know. if there was anyone that was going to be in the know, it would be that person. Yeah. So I can't remember who exactly it was, but that's when I was like, I, I feel like I called my agent the next day and was like, can we find out if they're interested in me for LA? Because I haven't wanted to like ask them. Yeah. I, cause yeah. it was a little bit early. Mm. You know and what you I mean? And you were still it, in the Broadway production, right? I was still in the, yeah, I was still in the New York production. Got it. So it was a little bit early for me to be fishing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then yeah, when yeah. it was kind of brought up to me, I was like, can we find out if, if this is a possible, yeah. if this is something? And so then, of course, very shortly, they were like, yeah, they want you to open L.A. So I did actually, um, I got them to let me out of my New York contract a week early so that I could take a vacation. Yeah, gotta. Because at that point. Because the rehearsals, the rehearsals for, for uh, L.A. L.A. started like right when my contract ended. 
it was like a week right. later rehearsal started and that's not yeah. a that's a whole full rehearsal at that point it's not like you're it's not like you're just going into another put-in situation you are rehearsing the show a full six-week rehearsal period we were in new york for four weeks and then went to la and teched the show and everything and, and who opened la and, eden uh, opened la eden and megan mm-hmm. so yeah but it's so funny because you talk to people now who, you know, they were like, oh, I was in Wicked for five years. I was in Wicked for seven, whatever. And, you know, so to me, it to me, it felt like I was in it for such a long time, but it's because I was able to do it so many places, mm-hmm. but it was, it was just under three years. And do it in so many places in such like, like you opened the tour, you opened LA and you went to Broadway, yes. you know, like such yes. iconic like places to do it. Yeah. So you allude, you kind of talked mm-hmm. about it earlier, the how Alphaba and Nesros are different in ways and similar in ways. Having played both, did that inform, I would say more so for Nesros, did having played Alphaba inform your Nesros at all in performance? Um, I don't think that like being in Ness's shoes changed how I thought of myself when I was Alphaba or, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Um, they were such wildly different beasts to me. You know, I, I, it's hard because I feel like Nessa is really underrated by a lot of people. It's kind of a role that people just kind of, oh yeah, 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 Nessa. And it's because a lot of the people who are so, you know, musical theater enthusiasts who are so, you know, yes, this, 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 this. because <laughs> Nessa doesn't sing that much. It's like, meh, Nessa. Right. Well, because Wicked Witch of the East isn't on the cast recording. I believe if Witch. it was on the cast recording... <sighs> we'd have like Nessa stands. You know what I'm saying? Like that would be done it's in cabarets. So, Musical yes. theater students would be performing that song, you know? Such a shame. I feel like, th- I, I think that they said the reason why it wasn't there. Well, first of all, it's because it's, it is such a short, in order, in order to make it a full song, I think that they would have needed to include Alphabet's chant and a little bit of dialogue and it gave away too much. Mm. Like they needed to keep that moment a surprise because people who haven't seen Wicked don't know what happens to Mark. Right. Sure. I'm still not giving it away. <laughs> um, so I think later. that they, th- they thought that there was no, exactly. <laughs> I think they thought that there was no way to include that without giving away you know, a secret. It's a tragedy that it's not on the cast recording though. Agreed. Agreed. But, um, it breaks my heart a little bit when I hear people just kind of, oh yeah, but uh," I'm like, and we were talking before this interview where it's like, we don't necessarily see Nessa as much as an Elphaba or Glinda, but she does have quite the arc in the context of the show Mm -hmm. where we see her at like major points where she starts as this like shy kind of unsure girl and then Mm -hmm. grows into this brazen good or bad woman. And, and then dies. <laughs> Depending on on who you see as Nesseros and what their their interpretation is and what the journey that they decide to take, watching Nesseros during the entire scene, the entire number of dancing through life. Mm. Mm-hmm. Because she's in the whole thing. Is she dancing? No, but yes, she's dancing with her chair. Mm-hmm. Everything she makes so many, there is so much that's choreographed with her chair. And the way that she comes up to people and then goes back to people and, and tries to join this group, but then kind of gets back a little bit because she maybe she shouldn't be there. And the way mm-hmm. that she, at least that was my journey, the way that she watched everything that was happening during this entire number and wanted so badly to be a part of it mm-hmm. long before Glinda gets back, invite her to the dance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when everyone's in the schoolyard, like that was one of my favorite sections of the show. And Literally until she rolls out and is like, oh, I got invited. 
nobody pays attention to her, but you should pay right. attention to her because if, if the actress is in it, which I hope everyone is, there's a whole story going on there. There's just, I just think that she's such a one, like it's, it's a really great role. Mm -hmm. It's a really great role. It's a great role for an actress who sings, you know, because you don't have to sing like an alphabet to play this amazing role in a kick-ass show. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a role for you. And that doesn't happen very often in musicals. Like if you, and, and not to say that they've ever cast a Nessa Rose who isn't a, a brilliant singer. Yeah. I've always been, um, I'm that person who goes to see a show and I'm constantly watching everything. I'm watching the ensemble members. I'm watching what people are doing when they're not the one talking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's what a lot of Nessa's show is, mm -hmm. how she reacts oh, to everything wow. around her. That's interesting. And I love that. Jenna, this has been so much fun. Thank you for joining us. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. Thank you guys for uh, having me. Where can people find you online? You can find me on Instagram at Jenna Lee Green and on Twitter at Real Jenna L Green. Because Jenna Lee Green was taken. Uh, oh, really? Well, whoever she is, we'll be sending a cease and desist immediately. <laughs> Quincy, you must be so proud of me. I didn't bring up yep. Sabrina the Teenage Witch not once. Not once, Which I Quincy. feel like <laughs> it's almost like I love the fact that we were able to have a whole conversation with her without bringing up Sabrina. Oh, sure. I wasn't I didn't think we were going to be lacking conversation. Which can you believe she was like, oh, I was in this show called Bear. <laughs> and we were like <laughs> Ms. Lee Green trust and believe. <laughs> Um, yeah, how was that for you, Kevin? How are you feeling after... Quincy, I gotta say, it was great for me. And on a personal level, I'm glad that I contained my fangirl as as well as I did. Big takeaway for me was, if you're listening to this podcast, you most likely know the story of SJB getting injured. But I never knew the like specifics of it and like what exactly that entrance entailed and whatnot. So to have Jenna just kind of spell that out for us i feel like really filled in a gap in my wicked history knowledge yeah so that's like there's so much history wrapped up in that but then it's also the origin of the no fly that oh that kevin like, we, we talked about the no good deed mishap but like the or the fact that she is the reason why the plan b is the plan yes b. like what she just kind of made up on the spot is now the no fly. And what those ensemble members, let's give them credit too. Shout out to the ensemblists who are like, you know what? We're just going to crouch down. Which like, I'm going to say, Kevin, you would be leading the charge had you been in the ensemble of that tour. <laughs> like that feels a very on-brand thing for Kevin to do in that situation. Like we need to make this believable and just start lying down. What she remembers as probably like, you know, like the yeah. cherry on top of this crazy week is like from our point of view, we're like, you better have had that no fly show, bitch. <laughs> like it's so and it's so it's like, you know, yet another reminder that like what we are obsessing over is these people yeah. going to work. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> exactly. I also love that we got to kind of have a moment for Nessa Rose in our yes. arc of this whole podcast. I feel like we haven't really discussed she her much. She's the unsung third witch. And I mean that literally because she's not on the cast recording. The unsung witch. <laughs> that was clever. Thank you. 
Thank you so much. Because, but yeah, it's true because like Nessa also, and I think it's easy to overlook this. Like she was saying, I'm like, yeah, yeah, Nessa. But like we also watch Nessa go from this like shy, weird young girl and grow into a, a villain that we already know about. You know what I mean? Like we see her, yeah. the tights and the heels. It's like, oh, we, we watched that. We watched that transformation happen. Yeah. See, but I viscerally remember, like, probably, like, my first time watching a bootleg proper of Wicked, having just listened to the cast recording. When she sings Jester and Me, the Wicked Witch of the East, I remember being shocked. Wig snatched. And I was like, this is brilliant! <laughs> um, Kevin. Oh, God, it's happening. <laughs> I think it's time. I think it's time. For Kevin. Glinda Corner! Woo! I hate that that is what the theme has become. I wanted like a cute jingle. I wanted like a nice little like rhyme. And then it just became me shouting into the microphone. Sorry, I just had to get that out. <laughs> okay, so you and I are currently in a fight because we posted a disagreement we had about defying gravity on our social. And Instagram mm-hmm. is siding with me, and TikTok apparently is siding with you. Can I ask where we have more of a following, though? Quincy. Do you want to answer that? Yeah, it's TikTok. I'm just saying. Okay, no, continue. Actually. Well, anyway, so. <laughs> like, I don't want to do this again. <laughs> I can't get through one Glenda's corner. <laughs> but. <clears throat> You and the rest of the Alpha Gals will be happy Ooh. to know. You like that? Will be happy to know that I am going to dip my toe into the Glinda's a shitty person pool. Only now? Only now. Because I think the use her sister moment is so oh. shitty. Like, you're right. It's so, like, fucked up it's so fucked up and it's like it always gets a little bit of like a ooh, like it's so wait glinda is the reason that nesseros is dead now i'm back defending her glinda says start a rumor about her and madame marble says you know what would be better assassination <laughs> <laughs> a change in the weather a change in the weather wait that scene gets dark <laughs> Another successful one in the books. I feel like this was a good episode. And I know because we did it, we already finished it, that next week is also a really good episode. So if you're not subscribed, subscribe. If you're not telling your friends to listen to us, tell your friends to listen to us. Leave us a rating and review, please. Kevin, I will talk to you in five minutes. Bye, Quincy. Good episode. You've been listening to Sentimental Men. This episode was produced, edited, and hosted by Quincy Brown and Kevin Bianchi. Thanks to Julia DiMarzo for our thrillifying artwork. And thanks to you for tuning in. You can reach us at sentimentalmenpod at gmail.com. Or on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at sentmenpod. That's S-E-N-T-M-E-N-P-O-D. Till next time, I'm Quincy. And I'm Kevin. And I never really feel like there's a ton of roles where you feel like the guy's like, oh, God. But girls, they're all over the place. Yeah. Well, look who's composing them. (laughs) 